0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Happy Friday, Options Action fans. We've got a great show lined up for you. Here's what's coming up.
2: Ahoy! Big Tech on Deck. But watch out for the albatross. It's an earnings armada next week, and Carterworth explains why one might heed the warning of the rhyme of the ancient mariner. Then, what's the dilio with twilio? Isn't that what the kids say? Well, Tony Zhang knows, and he's going to break it down into options terms that you can understand. And Professor Co is trading his calculator for a combine. To explain how and why this could be the season to sew a plan around ADM. It's time to risk less and make more. Options Action starts right now.
1: Let's jump right in. Another huge slate of earnings coming up uh, this coming week, including tech titans, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, and Alphabet. But Chartmaster says investors should take caution before heading into this recently hot space. Carter, take it away.
3: Before we get to some charts, it is obviously uh, the biggest week uh, in terms of earnings, but there is a circumstance that's only happened three other times. The five biggest names are all reporting on the same calendar week. Now, uh, the data goes back, of course, to Facebook's IPO, but if you were to look at the three other times when this has happened, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Facebook, all reporting in the same week, it has been a down week each time. In any event, uh, let's look at a table or two and then a chart of the QQQ. What we know, of course, is that the market itself is so dependent on uh, tech and or growth. So look at the first bullet point that I have for you there. Basically, when, when tech is down, the S&P itself is down 80% of the time. Look at the second bullet point. When the S&P 500 growth index, now we're going to pick up uh, Amazon, of course, and Google and Facebook, meaning big marquee growth names. When the S&P growth index, that's a sub-index of the S&P, is down, the S&P itself is down. You see it right there on your screen, 93% of the time. So much hinges on just these big names. Now, take a look at the chart of the QQQ. So what we know is it peaked on September 2nd, same time the S&P peaked. It's the area of the market that broke the hardest, dropping almost 15% versus the S&P uh, down only 10, And really ever since then, its relative performance has been quite poor. So the question is, are these names, having been so much ahead of the market for so long and now having stalled on a relative basis, also all reporting in the same week and the, the little bit of stats there would suggest it's uninspiring is it a time to be cautious on these large names the thinking is yes
1: so given that mike what is the trade
4: yeah so this is an interesting situation obviously as carter was pointing out the biggest stocks that are all reporting next week represent nearly half of the qqq actually to get to half you would need to add tesla which is another flying stock that is already reported and you basically the street has absorbed that in a fairly ho-hum kind of way. The stock hasn't performed particularly well since then. Here's something else to just think about is that these stocks are all trading essentially close to 10-year highs in terms of valuation. We're talking about 35 times earnings for Microsoft, uh, 35 times earnings for Apple, maybe 32 times for Alphabet, also known as Google, if we're going to use the F-MAGA acronym to describe all of the stocks they're going to be reporting. And then, of course, you take a look at the options prices, and we are seeing that they're fairly elevated. Earnings is obviously one reason. The election is clearly another. And then there's some stories that are involved with some of these names as well. You know, we've got Google and antitrust concerns. Some of those things are going to add to the price of options. So I think the way to play this, if you hold a lot of these stocks, and these are the most broadly held stocks, so chances are if you own stocks, you own some of these. Or if you're inclined to make a bearish bet going into earnings, understanding that there's probably going to be an increase in correlation as well, you probably need to use put spreads to deal with that higher uh, implied volatility. I was looking specifically up to December. That's obviously going to capture these earnings. That is also going to keep some premium because it's going to capture the election as well. The December 275-250 put spread. When I was looking at that earlier today, you could spend about 11 bucks for the 275 puts, sell the 250s against it for four and a half. Net-net, you're going to be spending, you know, a relatively small amount of the current level of the queues. Now, this isn't a bet that obviously it's going to roll over, that we're going to experience the kind of swoon that we did earlier this year. But it is obviously just seeing some exhaustion in the market, seeing some exhaustion in these names, seeing these high valuations, understanding that some of the headwinds might persist even after earnings. It's hard for me to see these names breaking out, despite the fact that some, like Amazon, obviously have great period of the year coming up. Apple's got the 5G uh, iPhone 12 release coming up. All of those are exciting things. But the valuation makes a lot of that good news in already.
1: Yeah, uh, Mike. Interesting because, you know, if you take a look at Facebook as well as Alphabet, they had huge weeks this week, which might help with your setup going into this particular trade and going into next week in in that they might have pulled forward these gains already based on SNAP's earnings. Tony, what do you make of the action and uh, what do you make of Mike's trade specifically?
5: Yeah, so if you look at QQQ, which tracks the NASDAQ 100 index, this week it held a pretty major support level at 282. And if you look at the price action this week, I actually think it's been fairly constructive for the the index to hold this level. But the one catalyst that I'm more concerned about outside of the earnings next week is actually the potential of a contested election and i think that's the type of catalyst that could drive technology shares down five to ten percent so i actually think mike's trade is a very good way for investors who want to remain invested in some of these tech names or just broadly overall overall in the broader markets and take a very cheap and a cheap way to buy yourself some downside protection all the way down to that 250 level, which is about 12.5% downside protection, only costing you about 1.5% of the ETF's value.
1: Mike, last quick thought on this uh, trade here.
4: Yeah, I mean, one other thing I would also add is that if you are like Tony, you know, maybe less concerned about what's coming up and you want to buy this protection, you can also consider taking advantage of the elevated volatilities by selling some upside calls in these higher volatility environments. A lot of these names are trading very close to, to their high level, so you can still give yourself some upside and, and help basically finance this hedge this way.
1: All right, let's stick with this overall thesis here. Our shares of Twilio are now up more than 200% on the year. Tony says the cloud stock could have a better chance to soar when it reports next week, too. Tony, what do you say?
5: Yeah, exactly like you said. This stock's up over 200% this year so far, but I think there's further upside here going into earnings next week. Now, Twilio is not exactly a household name, so not a lot of investors necessarily know what they do, but they are they are a B2B company. They provide businesses with uh, developers the ability to embed voice, text, and video communication directly into their mobile and web applications, and it's a great company that's provided a lot of growth here. And they've made some smart strategic acquisitions here over the past couple of years that allow them to project another 30, 30% year-over-year growth over the next four years. So So a substantial amount of growth that the company is expecting here over the next uh, uh, half a decade here or so. And if you look at the chart itself, you have a recent breakout here above the 290 resistance level. It's come back to retest that level as support and is now continuing higher. And when you couple that with a really strong relative strength compared to the XLK technology sector, but not only is it outperforming the technology sector, it's also outperforming the NASDAQ cloud computing index, which is up about 80% here on the year itself. So when you couple that strong relative strength with the chart, I think you have a very strong setup going into earnings. So the trade setup here that I have is taking into account the implied volatilities here. The, The stock itself averages about a 13.6% move here on earnings while the current markets are only implying about a 9.8% move here. So the stock itself moves quite a bit, but the implied volatility here is very expensive. So I'm using a call, a call debit spread here to offset some of that high implied volatility. And I'm trying to further reduce that implied volatility I'm paying by using an in the money call option here. I'm going out to November. I'm buying the 300 340 call spread here, paying about $21.40 for that $300 call option, collecting about 850 for that 340, paying net-net here about $12.90, which puts my breakeven price at just about $313, just shy of that, which is only about a $7 to $8 move to the upside, or about a 2.5% move to the upside in order for this to break even. And I'm expecting on a strong earnings play to, be substantial, to beat that uh, breakeven level by a substantial margin.
1: Carter, how do you think the charts set up for Tony's trade? Sure. I mean, Tony was zeroed in
3: on that uh, big gap up, which you mm-hmm. see. That was actually October 1st. It was a Thursday. It was Analyst Day, and the company came out and uh, remarkably pledged revenue growth of 30% uh, in each year for the next uh, four years. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a powerful kind of setup. Stocks that gap up often gap again.
1: Uh, I'd want to be long, not short. That is tremendous visibility. Uh, Mike, Mike, what do you think of the trade?
4: I mean. (laughs) (laughs) So the situation here is that this is obviously uh, a story stock, I think, as much as it is anything. I like the fact that if you're going to make a bullish play, you're going to do it in a more idiosyncratic situation, such as this. Obviously, it's a big growth story. The other thing I like about this is that options premiums, while slightly high going into the event, are actually not that high relative to the kinds of moves that we've seen historically. And that's the time, basically, that you want to take a look at using options is when you have these types of story stocks, when you can get these big types of moves, and you can buy the options at a reasonable price relative to the historical moves that we've seen over similar catalysts. So I like the trade structure.
1: All right. And uh, we're going to head a break. Don't forget, check out optionsaction.cmc.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there, so you want to go and do that. Here's what's coming up next.
2: Hold on to your hay bales. Old McDonald's has a farm. But Professor Co. has an options strategy on ADM. Who do you think is going to have a more bountiful harvest? Betting the farm? Plus, calling all options action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns.
0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back to Options Action. If you caught the show last week, you'll remember that Professor Coe laid out a way to get bearish on bonds.
4: One of the things we see is that the options premiums are quite elevated relative to their historical level. And in fact, if we take a look at the spread between the price for options going out three months or so and how volatile the TLT actually has been, that spread is quite wide. Now, we can interpret this one of two ways. Either options are overpriced or they're telling us something, and I suspect it's the latter. I think that options markets are telling us that there is some danger ahead for people who hold long-term U.S. treasuries. I was looking up to January. The 155 puts, you could spend 2 dollars 5 for that. That's risking a relatively small amount. Now, you'll notice the TLT doesn't usually move a great deal, but sometimes when it starts to move, then the move can be quite aggressive.
1: Well, that turned out to be a very good trade. Rates have skyrocketed since then, hitting their highest levels in more than four months. And now Mike is back with two more ways to try for even bigger gains. Mike.
4: Yep. So if you follow us on Twitter and you should, you'll know that we actually did an update on this trade already. And we offered two ways to spread it. One was to sell the January 150 puts. You could have collected the amount that you spent. Essentially, now you're in the trade for free and you have downside to to 150 in the TLT. The other was to sell the December 4th weekly 155 puts also for 2 dollars 5 And you'd be in that calendar spread for no money. Basically, if you're putting on the put spread, you're hoping for a bigger spike in rates. And if you're putting on the calendar spread, you're looking for that total of 20 basis points that Carter was talking about. Now, so I think this is two ways you could spread.
1: Uh, Believe it or not, that's not all Mike's got to offer tonight. The professor has yet another way to take advantage of this rate rebound. So, Mike, back over to you.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you notice, we have a bearish trade on tech and a bearish trade on long term bonds. You might think I'm bearish on everything, but not necessarily. I'm actually looking in a completely different direction. Agricultural stock, ADM, this is a stock that's trading at less than 13 times earnings, has a very strong balance sheet and obviously a fairly stable business. And a lot of bad stuff has already been priced in, like, of course, the fact that ethanol has been badly hurt by falling fuel prices and things like that. So in combination with all of that, we do have slightly attractive implied volatility levels, despite the fact that they're higher than average. This is a name that I think we can take advantage of to the upside. Of course, the stock is breaking out basically to new highs for the year. So I think the way we want to try to play this is with a call spread. I was looking out to January, the 50 57.5 call spread. This is slightly in the money because the stock was just under $52 when I was looking at this earlier today. You could buy the 50 strike calls for $3.60 and then sell the 57.5 calls against it for $0.65. Now notice, because it's in the money, there's only about $1.80 in extrinsic premium on those in-the-money call options, and I'm offsetting more than a third of that by selling those 57.5 calls at $0.65. This is a way that we can make a hedged bet to the upside mitigate some of the decay, and take advantage of one of the few stocks that isn't trading at a very high multiple right now.
1: All right, Mike, and we've got to go to Carter. What do the charts look like on ADM, Carter?
3: Sure. So when we discussed this earlier, there are a couple things that I think set up well, and let's look at a few tables and charts. The first, just look at what the grains and softs are doing. You can see it here on your screen. Sugar, corn, soybeans, wheat, cotton, all up between 15 and almost 30% over the past three months. Second slide, take a look of course by contradistinction, look what the market has done. Nowhere near as interesting, look what oil has done. Look at copper, meaning the grains, the softs, all up 15, 20, 25%, uh, doubling and tripling uh, other asset classes. So two, three charts. The first is a comparative chart. And what's so interesting here is the performance of Caterpillar versus Archer Daniels they're in lockstep they they are correlated we know that a lot of cats business comes from land moving equipment and to some extent ag now look at the next chart I've added John Deere here as the comparative line John Deere has already broken out and it we think leads the way in this instance for both cat and Archer Daniels so two Archer Daniels slides first Archer Daniels the up and out good uptrend What's not to like? Two more. Now, where are we back to? We are exactly back to the 2018 high. I've circled that high, and you see the arrow implying breaking out. The more authority a level has, the more authoritative the resolution, final chart. This level has been in play not since 2018, yes, but all the way back to 2013 and 14. So. A breakout here, and we think that's what's going to happen. Deer has already done it in Archer Daniels is a very powerful thing. We think the grains are telling us that that is what's going to
1: happen. Tony, what do you think? yeah so if you
5: look at archard's daniels at first on on paper it looks like a pretty boring business it doesn't have a lot of revenue growth over the past couple of years it operates on very thin margins but if you look at the fact that the fact it has a very strong track record of beating earnings and raising dividends for the last 45 years so when you put that into context of the breakout of that 51 dollar level that carter was referring to and couple it with the fact that it's outperforming its sector I think that the fact that this stock trades at a fairly reasonable multiple of 15 times next year's earnings and a fairly attractive 3.2% dividend yield, I do think that you have some upside. It'll be a slow grind to the upside, but that's what I like about Mike's trade here. His vertical spread that's already in the money is the type of spread that you would use when you expect more of a slow grind. Um, Going all the way out to December, his break-even price is only $53. The stock doesn't have to move much for this strategy to break even. So I I like the stock and I like the trade itself.
1: Carter, I'm just curious, going back to the the charts, the comparative charts, do you think Caterpillar is also due for some sort of a breakout?
3: And it has earnings next week as well. Hmm. I do.
1: All right. Got an answer. Coming up next, Snap, Crackle, and Pop, why Snap surged this week is great news. For one of our traders, we will be back right after this.
0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC business news updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back to Options Action. Time for a look back on a trade that Tony hit out of the park.
5: We've gotten a recent breakout above this 26 and a half and you couple that with the really strong relative strength we've seen with Snapchat in comparison to the sector I think this puts Snapchat well into into, uh, targeting 29.5, which is the all-time high it put in on the week of its IPO. And buying the 28.32 call debit spread going out to November, spending about $2.20 for that $28 call, and collecting about $0.95, almost half the value of that $28 call option for that $32 call option, paying net-net here about $1.25.
1: Big beat from Snap turned Tony straight into solid gold. The stock soared right through previous all-time highs. So, Tony, how do you manage this one?
5: Yeah, so this is one that even beat my expectations here. But when you use a debit spread like this and the stock blows through your short strike, it's best to take profits here. So earlier today, you could have closed this trade out at about $3.90, pretty much the full value of the vertical spread. That would be about a a little over 200% return on this particular trade. If you missed out on Snap, I do think next week, Pinterest is another way to potentially play for further upside in a name similar to Snap.
1: What does the chart look like to you, Carter, Snap?
3: Well, I mean, what's remarkable, of course, is when when you do gap up, right, you get cheaper. It's, a, it, it's something that's counterintuitive, but it means that such big news has been released, FDA approval, uh, an indictment, you gap down, uh, that often you're not priced accurately. There's a follow-through. In this instance, it's been a massive follow-through. And at this point, I think it's a case where you want to harvest gains and find the next one, perhaps Twilio or... Uh, some other stock, but that is the objective, move on to something that has the potential to do what Snap has just done.
1: All right. Up next, we've got your tweets and the final call. back to Options Action. Time to take some of your tweets. Our first year asks, I want to play a possible bounce in solar with a Biden win. I purchased a fly in the ETF, uh, TAN, T-A-N, to diversify risk over just picking one company. The November 6, 71, 76, 81 calls at 80 cents. Is this the way to play a short-term pop with little risk? Tony, why don't you field this one?
5: Yeah, so I like the thesis on this particular trade. Biden has put together an infrastructure spendings plan that includes solar. Uh, He has a climate change plan that I think is constructive for this type of thesis. The only thing I have to say is that your butterfly is an interesting a very creative way to play for upside in a very, very low risk environment, risking only about 1% of the underlying ETS value. But I would give yourself a little bit more time than just four days past the election for this type of play.
1: All right. Time now for the final call. Last word from the Options Pits. Carter Braxton Worth.
3: Well, we want to continue to be short bonds or TLT playing for higher rates. And also Archer Daniels and Caterpillar on the long side.
1: <laughs> Tony Zhang.
5: I like the cloud computing name Twilio. I'm looking to buy a November 300,
4: 340 call vertical. Mike Co. Put spreads in the queues. Call spreads in ADM going into earnings.
1: All right, that does it for us. Have a great week and we'll see you back here next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Meantime, don't go anywhere. Mad Money with
0: Jim Kramer starts right now.